But yes, it really is a coffin, and yes, it really was used just once. Now, it's full of vampire books, horror novels, and ghost stories. Some people think it's cool, others think it's creepy, but we like it, and the guy who used to be in there hasn't complained. Sellers and Newell Secondhand Books, 672 College, and at sellersandnewell.com. Great books and a used coffin. From the roots up, CIUT 89.5 FM, Toronto.
Facts from Abroad, CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Seth Martosh, and I'm here with my co-host... Alex Troxel. Today, we are visiting Africa. Africa. Yeah, we're going to Sudan and Egypt. Yeah. But before that, for those of our new listeners... Uh, Alex, you want to tell us a little bit about Tracks from Abroad in general? Well, Tracks from Abroad is a uh, radio station where, not a radio station, it's a radio show, goodness, <laughs> where uh, one day it'll be a radio station, um, where we go around the world, uh, metaphorically speaking, listen to different music, uh, speak to students and artists and professors from around the the, uh, the world and listen to a bit of their music and talk about their culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you say, uh, metaphorically speaking, we go around the world, but one day maybe we will be a maybe. radio station that, not metaphorically, but literally we'll goes, go on tour. goes around the world. Yeah, we'll be on tour. Yeah, today we speak with uh, two students, one uh, from the University of Toronto, Omar, who has Sudanese background, although he grew up in, in Dubai. Dubai yeah. yeah, and then he brought along his friend Ali from Egypt, mm-hmm. who although uh, was you know not scheduled to be interviewed, had a lot to talk about, uh, a lot to show us, pictures, papyrus uh, prints, yeah, prints that he brought, and uh, I always find it interesting that people from around that region in the Middle East, uh, North Africa, um, I find that if they go on vacation mm-hmm. or if they go elsewhere. Normally, you know, you would go somewhere and bring souvenirs back for people, but I yeah. find that they bring souvenirs to give to people, which, yep. you know, maybe I need to start incorporating into my own life. Yeah, you'll, you'll certainly start coming back lighter than when you yeah. first left. Yeah, you never have to worry unless, about unless you had a If you had a terribly antisocial vacation, you might come back with your full haul. Yeah, that would be sad. That would be very sad. But uh, I, don't think, I don't think Ali is that kind of guy. He no. seemed like a very social guy. So yeah. we'll, we'll get into the interview without further ado. This is our interview with uh, Omar and Ali from Egypt, Dubai, Sudan. Let's get into it. I'm from Sudan. I am also like half Greek since my mom's side is partially Greek. And like throughout my whole life, I've lived in Dubai. So how did you end up in Dubai with that heritage? From my dad's side, they were always like born and raised in Sudan. And then I'm pretty sure he moved to Dubai for work. Mm. And from my mom, it's like interesting since she was born in Abu Dhabi. And she moved around quite a lot as a kid, but then she eventually like moved back to Dubai as well for work. And so I was just basically born and raised in Dubai. What was it like growing up in Dubai with a different heritage than what most people there would have? Well, Dubai is already like more diverse. So I'd say me being half Sudanese, half Greek, it would bring up to the diversity. And I do meet a lot of people uh, right. from different uh, countries as well. So it it doesn't make you stand out really in any way. It's sort of part of the culture already. Yeah, basically. I mean, there are not many Sudanese people, but there are a lot of Arabs, which I guess it's a common theme there. Right, yeah. Ali, we'll get you in on the conversation too. Could you tell us about... Okay, for me, I was born and raised in Egypt since I was a kid until I came here. I'm 19 years old and I came to Canada like in 2022. I have my father, like I live near the pyramids, two minutes walking. So my father, like he works as a tour guide. So I know more about the history about Egypt. I have many places to visit and I deal with people like who are from other countries because this is my father's work and I like used to be with him at, at that time. I have like experience in dealing with people from all over places. A lot, like, of, a lot of tourists. To, uh, yeah, we have many tourists like, coming from here in America and other countries. My father speaks English, Spanish and Portuguese. So I only know English, but I knew like he taught me many stuff there. So I know how to deal with people from any countries, mm-hmm. you know. What was that like growing up next to the pyramids? Like, Yeah, it's amazing because it taught me many stuff. 
and it lets me mo- know more about Egyptian history mm-hmm. as well. I'm familiar with historic stuff in every country I go. Mm-hmm. I know I want to, I want to know more about when I meet like people from these countries in Egypt. I know like how to speak with them and to deal with them from their culture. Is world history an interest of yours? Yeah, I have like my electives and degree. I, most of them are world history. And what is your main degree? BBA Business Administration. Ah, okay. And what led you to be interested in that? For me, I have a dream like to open a, my own company. So I think this degree would fit if I want to make a company and to own it so, to know more about business and how to deal with the business stuff. Of course. So that's why I went to this degree. But you don't study here, right? You said No, here. I study in Newfoundland. And what kind of business do you want to... I have a dream with my father. We want to open a tourist company to be having branches all over the world. Wow. We have one basically in Egypt, but I took the decision like to take my studies outside of Egypt to open like other branches in other countries. Would it mainly focus on like historical landmarks type like yeah, that? Yeah, historical landmarks. And we can also make like people go to other Arab countries because like there are some people that like, come with my father. They go like to countries in Egypt for religious mm-hmm. stuff. Can also help with like if they can go to any Arab countries because my father has many friends and many people who can help with that. Do you find that a lot of Egyptians have this willingness to travel and this global perspective? Because you're really right in the center of the world. It depends on the mentality of the people or or the person who takes this decision. Because like traveling to other countries, if you don't know how to deal with people, you won't be able to go to that country and to speak with people or or even to Mm -hmm. know how to talk to. Like working with my father helped me a lot to deal with people and to travel alone. So that's why like I think it depends on the mentality and it depends like which country you're going to. Because there are some people who go for countries like only for tourism. Some people go like for example they love nature. Some people like go for religious stuff. So it depends on which area I want to go to. In coming to Canada, either one of you, what have you found that's been the most striking or difficult to deal with? I'd say for me, like, this may sound like a bit harsh, but like some of the homeless people that are yeah. around, because in Dubai, we don't really have that. Right. We have like laws that it's kind of messed up, but like it's understandable. We have laws that are saying like, if you're begging for money in the streets, you are going to get fined and stuff. So that really just like eliminates, you know, homelessness around the streets. So in Canada, having to deal with that and also like legalization of weed and some other things that wouldn't be normal in Dubai and other mm-hmm. Arab countries, I'd say. And what made you decide to come study in Canada as opposed to staying in Dubai? Obviously, being in Dubai for a long time, you would want to, like, explore new possibilities Mm -hmm. and, like, travel to other countries. And ideally, like, the education there isn't that good in comparison to the whole world. So... At first, I was, like, applying to American universities, but then I also, like, applied to Canada, and I got an acceptance here, and I was like, Canada could be an interesting country to go to because the weather is something I've never experienced, like, Mm -hmm. the cold, snow, and stuff. And, I don't know, it was just, like, interesting to, you know, also move away from my parents and live alone for three years now. Yeah, that's why I decided to come here to Canada. Is the different length of days, is that also something that you've noticed? I actually have, yeah. Like, in Dubai, we don't have daylight savings. So whenever, like, daylight savings hits here, it's different because the days just get way too short and it goes by really fast. And then as opposed to the summer, when I stayed here once for the summer, sometimes the sun would set at, like, 10 p.m. or something, which is very unusual. Before we go to a music break, we thought we'd ask you what kind of music you could recommend from either Sudan or from Egypt or from Dubai. From You're Egypt, we can I recommend the Arabic music. It's traditional in Egypt. Many people there, they make it in cars and in streets, so I recommend Arabic music. His name is Amr Diab. 
Amazing. Well, we're going to take a short music break and we'll be back on Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM.
In Dubai, is there like a lot of languages spoken? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Like there is Arabic there, but like yeah. we all speak English as right. well. Like the shops are written both English and Arabic, mm. and it's also populated by a lot of Indians and Pakistanis. Mm. Like yeah, it's just populated by a bunch of them. So essentially, like Urdu and Hindu have become kind of official languages. Oh, really? Yeah, there's just a lot of people right. from. But there. not something you would learn in school per se. Oh no, like in school, it's usually just English and mm-hmm. Arabic. And Arabic in school, there's like two 
two sections for it. Arabic for like normal born speakers okay. and ASL, which is like Arabic second language, which is supposed to help the people who don't know Arabic uh, to like help them with uh, Arabic and understand the words and stuff. Is that more for like phonetics, like listening and speaking the language or writing as well? It's also for writing. It's mm-hmm. for everything like writing, reading, speaking, listening mm-hmm. and I went to that class in high school because I'm supposed to be in the normal one where they mm-hmm. speak Arabic normally, but it was kind of difficult mm-hmm. for me since I'm not that much of a fluent speaker for some reason. And I found it that it is easier for me since I do know the language, but for my other friends who don't speak it as their first language, it is like quite difficult for them. But it's more of a simplified version to help them speak. So you said that there's a balance in school of English and Arabic. Is it like mainly Arabic and then you take English classes or are some classes taught in English? Most classes are like taught in English, like English, math, science. Okay. Most of them are taught in English. The ones that are spoken in Arabic is obviously like Arabic language, social studies, which we learn about the UAE and its history. And because like the UAE is also like an Islamic country. Mm -hmm. We also take Islamic studies, which is also taught in Arabic. And for the ASL kids, like they have Arabic just purely and social studies and Islamic would be in English. Is that something that you've found is helpful, learning certain concepts in some language, in one language, and other concepts in a different language? Uh, yeah, it has, like, in Islamic studies especially, rather than just knowing, like, the Quran and, like, the sayings of the Prophet, learning the translation and, like, the concepts in English as well, like, helped me understand mm. it better. Omar, you have any songs? This song she made for Egypt, talking about the Rai River, which the the place where all Egypt drink water. And she's talking about Egyptian culture and Egyptian people. She's talking about the country itself, that how she loves the country and how she was born in the country. And how people are dealing with each other in the country with love. And how people like are good when people come or like when tourists Mm -hmm. meet. Mm -hmm. She's talking about all this stuff. Do you find that tourism affects Egyptian culture in that way and that you become hospitable people because you're used to people coming in and out? me like when I traveled I didn't find any difficulty like I have my friends when they traveled for the first time they, it was hard for them they didn't know how to deal with people like, because they never spoke to anybody who's not yeah. Egyptian but for me I, because I, I usually deal with people that comes for every country and and uh, I knew many countries I visited and the people I deal with so that's why I, I when I went to travel to any place didn't find any difficulties so what are your tips for like dealing with people from other cultures like you what know, do you what's important like, it depends like if he's like from like latino country mm-hmm. it's better like if you can like like a little spanish yeah so like you tell it to him so he like he smiles or like you yeah. know it will make him like happy at least you know that will give him like you want to know more about his language and you at least like search or like you knew about it so he'll be like happy even yeah, though if, even yeah. though if he speaks english with you he'll be comfortable with that we're going to take a listen to Mashrib Tish Manila on Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. I'm <laughs> 
Hello, and welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT. Today we're with Ali and Omar. Omar, could you tell us a bit about the food that you grew up eating in Dubai? Because with all these different cultures, I imagine it's just a buffet. You could just have whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Dubai doesn't have many of its own like national dishes. Um, it's mostly a mix of other countries. So obviously you would find Indian cuisines like biryani, butter chicken, etc. From mm-hmm. Egypt, you have koshari, you have falafels, which is called tamia. Yeah, there's just a lot of uh, different cultures. The, the actual like Dubai food, the national dish, is something called mendi, which is essentially just like rice and a couple of beans and stuff like that. I'm not sure if it's the actual accurate thing, mm-hmm. but yeah, you can have it with chicken, you can have it with lamb, beef, and... Every once in a while, like, my family would gather up the whole family and we would have Sudanese food. And I, I did make a list for these. What are the greatest hits of Sudanese food? Yeah, like, what's, like, the three main dishes you're going to give them? Like, literally, the first one is a negative. It's called bamia. It's stew with lamb, okra, and tomatoes. I don't really like it, whether it's in Dubai or it's in Sudan, because, like, it's just too sticky and gooey, mm. to put it lightly. But some of the actual nice things that we have one of the dishes it's called fool it's f-o-u-l which is like beans and they taste really good another it's called mulah or meat stew and it's basically just like kind of like a soup it's like full of meat chunks and you can take it with this bread called kisra which is like a flat white bread it's kind of popular in most arab countries i'm pretty sure if you want to have a dessert there's a sweet cake dessert called basbusa b-a-s-b-o-u-s-a and as i said it is a sweet cake it tastes really good and but what does it have on top is it like nuts and stuff like that yeah it's i'm pretty sure it's an almond Mm -hmm. that's on top but it does taste really good and i am craving one just trying to find one here in toronto yeah my friend oh yeah yeah Yeah, have you found any good sudanese food here at all or only when i go to my family friends that live in mississauga Mm -hmm. since they're sudanese they do make sudanese food and it's really nice yeah there are a bunch of other dishes that i don't like it when it's made in Canada, like for my family, friends, or for my family in general. I'm going to send them this so they're going to be mad at me. It's fine. <laughs> but like when I go to Sudan, because like, you know, the natural ingredients are there. Right. It just tastes so much better. Is the food something that you miss the most about being back home in Dubai or with your family? Yeah, like in Canada, I tried to have Indian food or some cultured dishes. They don't taste as good <laughs> as in as back home. And especially during Ramadan, my parents, for whatever reason, they decide to make some of like the best food some of my favorite dishes and stuff overall mm-hmm. and i always enjoy it and being here in canada while having university i don't get to go home that often so i miss it yeah what yeah. are some of those special dishes that you might have during ramadan yes yeah, some of the stuff i mentioned there's also sudanese sausages they taste really good and then we have like normal things that most arab countries have in common like samosas and some desserts like baklavas and stuff so we've heard about the great food of Dubai. What about the uh, yeah. the great food of Egypt? Is it similar yeah. or? We have like koshari. We have something called molukhiya. We have also food, but in a different way. And we have falafel, but our falafel is different than they eat in the other, like in the other countries. Mm-hmm. We also have something called ats. And we also have something like eggplant. We do it with the red sauce and a specific dish there. We have also pasta stuff, but in our Egyptian way. It's mm. called macaroni bechamel, like, and those are the stuff I love the most. But for the desserts, we have, as I said, basbusa. We have something called kunafa. 
also have like you know the celebration stuff you know we have like christmas we mm. have something called the uh, idel fitr we have like something called kah it's like we ha- it has nuts from inside and we put like many stuff you we eat it with tea okay, we also have biscuits but in different way than the one you eat like in supermarkets right. you go to the bakery stuff and yeah. the shop stuff you get it when you travel do you try and find food that's different than what you would find in Egypt and that would apply to you too yeah. Omar like with the prominence of all these types of food in many different countries is it difficult to try and find something new I don't know sometimes I do want to try something different but then I'm just like set in stone mm. with <laughs> some of the food that I've been given like when I came here to Canada I heard that your national dish is poutine. Yeah, when I first tried poutine, I didn't enjoy it that <laughs> it's much. Greasy, yeah. Yeah, but like now I'm more used to it and I actually do like it. And it is the same case with like other uh. countries. Like at first, I didn't like enjoy kushari until like just one day my coworker at the time, he just ordered it to, so we can both like try it out and then I actually enjoyed it more and I was like, okay, this is nice. And then my dad the very next day just took us out to have it. So yeah, like finding new dishes can sometimes be like difficult change for mm-hmm. me but I do enjoy it in the end like I do enjoy like Indian cuisines and most Arabic cuisines I want to ask you also Omar I know you said you're not too well versed on Sudan but do you know anything about like the current situation going on there or can you speak to that at all Yeah we are like in like a civil war mm-hmm. I'd say it's not a big surprise for me because like every year it seems to happen but yeah like the government system over there hasn't been the best and in turn it does like put innocent people at risk and yeah. the army or whoever is like taking over they're just like taking over Sudan and uh, they're causing a lot of trouble every so and so days we do have like a ceasefire where people do try leave and escape like throughout the summer uh, when it was happening me and my family we managed to like get my grandparents and like my aunt and her kids out of Sudan right. and like now they live in Dubai and my little cousin who's starting grade one now she's starting in Dubai which is which is a good thing and my remaining family members who are there they are safe they're far away from the main wars and stuff yeah but it is just an issue with like our government that it's not the most stable in the world every time we elect a new leader they seem to do something that's like controversial to the country and we come out and once he leaves like the army decide to go riot or yeah whatever do you find it frustrating at least Mm -hmm. being here not hearing about these types of conflicts as much as you might hear about some other stuff Well, I mean, now it's kind of the similar thing with what's happening in Palestine Mm -hmm. and Israel, that uh, more people are speaking about it, which is good. Like, I always do encourage that the message is always spread and that we all do something about it. But it also, before, you know, the news came out again for Palestine and Mm -hmm. Israel, and it was mentioned that Sudan is suffering and... There were like protests in downtown about Sudan and when I went to my family friends in Ramadan to have iftar with them, they did ask me about it and while I wanted to go there to like enjoy and stuff, it was kind of like depressing seeing the news and seeing how the situation in Sudan was unfolding. Meanwhile, like I'm grateful that I'm here away from all these conflicts, but there's just a part of me that feels sad. Yeah. Yeah. Not to try and put too much of like a positive spin on it, but I guess it is nice to hear that like people here are still, you know, if they're from Sudan, will go and protest and then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you can still hear things happening in other parts of the world because there are mm-hmm. people from all over the place in Toronto. So Yeah, like whenever I get the chance, I always like, I do pray that these like situations, not just in Sudan, but like in Palestine and in Ukraine, which is also still suffering some conflicts, I'm pretty yeah. sure, just all the 
countries. Like, I just pray for the people who are suffering and the grass on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys both for coming and speaking with us. What kind of music do you want to play us out with? song is called The Abin Tel The singer is called Samer Hosni. He's an Egyptian singer and one of the famous singers in the Middle East. We're going to have a listen to Yabentele, and you've been listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM.
Hello and welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. I'm Alex, I'm here with my co-host Seth. And you just heard a bit of our interview previously with Ali and Omar mm-hmm. from uh, Egypt and Dubai slash Sudan respectively. Um, I found it really, really amazing when Ali said that he uh, can see the pyramids from his window yeah. and then proceed can to show imagine? us a picture. Because I just assumed, you know, he was pulling our leg, like, oh, I'm from Egypt. Yeah, of course I can see the pyramids (laughs) from my bedroom, just like how, you know, every French person can see the Eiffel Tower, right? But nope, it's it's in fact true. He does live that life. I'm jealous. Yeah. And a pretty crazy life, I would think. I I would I would think so. He seemed to be uh, into the tourism experience. Yeah, and and like grateful, I would say, and appreciative of, you know, his proximity to that. Yeah. Something I mentioned also, I think, when we. When we interviewed them, is that I feel like not everybody would, you know, see it as such a interesting or yeah. know, unique opportunity. Be like, oh yeah, you know, kind of resented at some point. I, I can see the pyramids, whatever. It's the pyramids. I see oh, them yeah, every day, yeah. you know. Exactly. But uh, but he was really proud of them. And yeah. So, I was yeah, also, awesome. I was also um, appreciative of uh, Omar's realism when we when we asked him to talk about you know his food and right. what, what kind of food he enjoys. He said. As you heard, yeah, I'm going to start off with a negative. This yeah, is he the didn't one shy you, away. This is one that you want to avoid, which yeah. I thought, you know, if we're giving some advice on where where people want to go, right. how to experience other cultures, you know what? Knowing what to avoid, that's helpful too. Yeah, just as important, really. Is there any food that, you know, you always ask these food questions. Huh. Is there, are there some foods that you've enjoyed or would tell people to stay away when you've uh, gone abroad? Ooh, stay away from? Either or. I don't know, abroad. I, I, when I was uh, visiting... Germany this summer I did sit down at a little cafe by myself and I mean I don't speak German mm-hmm. but I uh, ordered something on the menu and out came this little like <laughs> squash soup with shrimps in it okay. so I, I don't know if I would have ordered that uh, <laughs> so if no. I if I'd known that was what it was but uh, there I was eating a little bit of shrimp squash soup uh in germany and it was it was delicious like oh it was yeah it was great okay but it was just a little out of my comfort zone at first i was just right i don't know what what this was well i guess i guess the the takeaway is read read menus right uh, even if they're in a a different language yeah just pull out your phone but you can still be pleasantly surprised that's good to hear totally well that's that's uh that's great to hear of your escapades yeah but i think we'll get back to uh omar and ali after well right now well no well coming up uh we have a couple more tracks from uh, Sudanese Canadian artists. So uh, true. Sudanda, a uh, band uh, from Vancouver, I believe, as well as a track later uh, featuring Emmanuel Jal, who's a Sudanese Canadian artist. And then later in the show, uh, you might have heard of Mustafa the Poet, uh, kind of a rising uh, star in the R&B scene. We'll have a little shorter, uh, I would say more mellow track to end off the show. Mm. Uh, Mustafa, Sudanese Canadian artist, but uh, that's what we're going to hear from on Tracks from Abroad. Beni kuvvet 
الداني اه من دونك يا وداني كم ارغني وكم هداني كم علنا على
Hello and welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM as we soldier through some technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. You might have heard Seth's laptop on its last leg dying. there, dying, but luckily Matthew, our board tech, came in and sorted us all out. Yes, and we can't, uh, you know, do this show without people like Matthew on the board, without our editors Simon and Rosa, without our social media managers uh, Akshita and Isabella, and the directors of the show Jesse and Elizabeth. So thank you to them. Thank you to our guests this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, and stick around for Indigenous Waves coming yeah, up next. We'll leave you on that. And uh, you're listening to a Tracks lot of people from Abroad. Ask about the coffin in our bookshop. How we got it? 